if you're clapping, clap. That's good. Amen. Good to have you in church. Amen. I had um, Brother Maxwell during the prayer. I think the last prayer he led was talking about grace. Grace not to be over familiar with the presence of God. And how that 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 attitude or that perception, that disposition affects our encounters. It robs of robs us of encounters. We become too familiar with the presence of God. Familiar not in the positive sense, but in this negative sense. Where reverence for his presence is gone. Where coming into his presence to you is just fulfilling a religious duty. When we talk about coming to his presence, please let's get in the context of the fact that we come together as saints to have worship and God is the focus of our meeting. God is the focus of our gathering. We come to have fellowship with him as we give to him together corporately in worship and he also gives to us his word and corporately we hold hands and agree and pray. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the presence of God in that context. It's very easy for you to become too familiar with the place of meeting. It's very easy for you to get too familiar with the people that lead you, so familiar with the people that come around you, so familiar with even those that receive you at the gate. Familiarity has a way of having a negative impact on value. As soon as something becomes too familiar, you lose the value for it. You lose the value for it. Value reduces because you become familiar. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know there are people in this nation who don't respect money. You know that. They don't respect money. And there are people, you wonder why most young couples at a time of relationship, I mean, the lady is an egg. The guy is an egg. Egg cries understatement. I mean, during Valentine, a guy can sell his laptop to buy flower, buy makeup, or buy wig. A 
And if any of his friends dare tell him you are being foolish, he says, you are not in my shoe. You know what I have seen and what I have gotten. Everywhere they go, he wants everyone to know that, hey, this is the woman. Yeah. And then he does everything. Looks for all the money in town he can get. And then comes for counseling, finish counseling. He announced the wedding day. He's excited. He spends money for the day. The day comes. Even when he's exchanging the vows, how he's speaking is with such, yeah, such, such, such treasure. Such reverence, such joy. And can't wait for, for the day to be over and be pronounced that legally that which you treasured is now with you. <laughs> Saturday was the event. Sunday, Thanksgiving. Monday, off for honeymoon. Depending on your money level, determines how long you stay for honeymoon. If there's no money, just go to your house. If there's some money, at least some two days be there. Hallelujah. And then they come back home. One week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, three months, and realize that, like, honey, you don't kiss me when you come back. How many times am I going to kiss you? The kiss you eat. Oh, honey, you don't, you don't, you don't hold my hands anymore. Are you not with me? Don't you, don't you hold these hands every day in the house? Where do you want to hold hands? <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it goes on and on. And years come and pass. And he rather has the eyes to admire other people but cannot see. Why? Because he become too familiar. What is that thing you saw that made this woman so unique and stood out amongst all others that made you pursue to have whatever you saw, you've lost it. That is why, as the year goes, the beauty of that relationship dies down. And the same with our salvation. The day you accepted Jesus, something happened to you. Something unique happened in your spirit, man. Oh boy. You just couldn't wait for a service day. In fact, you iron your things two days before the time. Just to be in church. Come on. You wake up very, in fact, it's like the, the night is too long. But you even wake up to pray, pray for a while. You can't wait to be in church. When you come to church, everything about church excites you. Even when we have not cleaned the chest, you are happy. Even when the microphone doesn't sound good, you, are, you just love the way it is not sounding good. Mm. So, oh, oh, today we want to go evangelism. Evangelism, ah, let's go, 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 let's go. 
You're excited. <laughs> then there's something you call growth in the spirit. It's simply familiarity. It didn't grow anywhere. Because when you grow in the spirit, that which you were doing at, at the initial part of your new birth, you do more. So how come you grew in the spirit and you grew cold? What did you grow in? Oh, there was a time in your life when you picked the Bible. You felt so privileged to hold this book. You couldn't pass a day without reading some chapters and writing some notes. Do you realize in those times your level of Christianity was very sweet? You were different. But when you matured, you can stay a whole month. You have not read one single chapter and you still feel anointed. You feel anointed. You feel, not that you are, you feel. There are two different things. You feel that you are anointed. The reason you have not fallen down is because the food you have been eating in the past, is still, there's still some in it. still some working. But time is going to come. Your spiritual energy will so zap everything you've eaten in the past. You fall down flat. Oh, I remember when I also got born again. When I read the Bible, anything I see, I do it. Reading my NIV Bible and I saw in the book of Matthew, he that said to his brother, Raka, fool, will go to hell. I said, ha! Huh. So, 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 I recently I was driving and some Cultural guy did something, and all I said was that, "Wow, Nyansapen." <laughs> so, there's a humorous part of it where some people saw in the scripture that if your right hand causes you to say, "Cut it," the guy got cut last. You to cut the cut the hand off. You stop it from going to heaven. Everything about the word was such a. It's, it's like it is. This is sweet. I got to do it. It's a command. There was a reverence. A reverence for the word. There was value for the word. So our attitude to the word was different. Because of that, our encounters were undeniable. Tonight, I want to rewind your mind. Go back to that place where the word of God is of great value to you. We are giving motion to the word. Now give us Joshua 1 verse 8. Joshua 1 verse 8. We're going to read it together. Read Joshua 1 8 and then you take us to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Alright. And then you give us John chapter 6 verse 63. Then you bring us back to Joshua. Is that okay? Did you get a progression? Joshua 1.8, Hebrews 4.12, John 6.3, 1 
Before you bring us back, Joshua, take us back to Hebrews again. Passion translation. We'll look at the scripture again. And then we'll come back to this place. Hallelujah. I can hear you. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Can we read it together? Can we go together? Want to go? This book of the law shall not depart from where? Your mouth. Did you hear that? From where? One more time. From where? Let's continue. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make, you will make, you will fashion, you will create, you will form and cause your way to be prosperous. God, that was my translation. You've not read that book before. Yeah, B-I-J's translation. Yeah, it's, it will come out by the time I'm 50. You buy one, eh? Then you will have what? Good success. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. And if you notice that the bishop has been taking us through and the teachings that we've had in the past months, he's been building something with us. We talked about the nature of God, his word, his character, the character of his word. We've been building something and now he says we give motion to the word. I get in the whole thing. If I were you, I would like to go to the past, read them, come back like that. Because the word works. The word, it works. All right? Good. Can we read together? For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Give us the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. Can we already go? Want to go? For we have the living word of God. I can't hear. I can't hear. Relax. Let's start afresh. I want to hear you read it. The way you are singing, I want to read it like that. Want to go? For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. Hey. Continue. It interprets and reviews the true thoughts and secret motives of the hearts. Did you see? We'll come back to it. Give us the New King James, John 6 63. John 63. Let's go. Want to go? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. 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 Hallelujah. The words that I speak to you, the words that I speak to you are spirit. And they are life. The words I, Jesus, speak to you are spirit and they are life. They are life because they are spirit. Amen. Now, let's go back to Hebrews. For the word of God is living. Give us the Passion Translation again. No, do amplify it before we go back to Passion Translation. It is, it's a teaching service, right? So we, we go and come. 
ready? For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. What is that power? Making it active. So, because it's full of power, the word is active, operative, energizing, effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, that soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrows, and of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing, sifting, analyzing, and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. You see, when you spend a lot of time on God's word, discernment is, is natural to you. It's not a thing you pray for. Are you with me? Let me say this. The gifts of the spirit are actually the natural life of the new creation. Are you with me? Now because you are a human being, you have two eyes, you have two ears, you have a nose that has two divisions, you have a mouth, upper and lower lip, with a tongue and a teeth in it. As long as you are a human being, these things you have, you have it because you are a human being. You walk on two legs because you were born as a human being. But if you were born by a dog, you walk on, on four, not two. Do you get the point? Now, <laughs> for you to see a dog walking on two is a gift. And it's strange. Like I saw a video of a dog who was skating. That's how they call it. They stand on the skate with the board. And then a dog, yes, he was, he was going, he was learning to skate. Something that I can't even do. Like the guy was annoying me. Like he has it, he has it for it. Then around where you back for now. He's going. They're taking pictures. It might have taken a while. The master would have tried to teach it. It would fall down. It would teach it. It had to train it into it. But walking on four is not by teaching. It's by birth. Are you with me? When you become born again, when we become born again, Adam did not go to school. He did not he didn't have to go to school. In fact, listen carefully. Adam did not need revelation to know what's in the mind of God. Oh, come on. Did you see it in Genesis? That when God brought the animals, Adam now says, I have to go on a retreat. He was on a retreat. Then we saw Adam in the sanctuary. Then there were strings at the background. 
And then Adam, Rabakato, Rabakapa. Oh God, open down my eyes that I might see the names in your head. Lambaba, Yababa. Then he was praying. Uh, then the chimpanzee will bring him face down to clean his face. Then he's praying. Uh, Rababa, Yaba. Then the lion will come and say, Boss, move on, move on. We are waiting, waiting, waiting. We are very patient. We are waiting for you. Ragapapa. Then when I said, mm, I caught it. He now comes, Lord. This one is called this. Mm-mm. God brought the animals as they were passing. He was giving names. And every name that he gave was exactly what's in the mind of God. God, God did not make man desire why going to go back. Say it. Your nose doesn't need to write to the body that we need nutrients. The fact that the nose is on you, any food that enters this body, the nose enjoys of it without asking. You understand me? Just because his nose and it's part of the body, when you eat, the, the, no, see, the intestines and those things will not say that I'm not in good terms with the ears. So today, in the assimilation of this meal and distribution of nutrients, some will not go to the ears. Please, are you all noting? Don't go to the ears. No. Even if the system has a problem with somebody else, it, as long as it's connected, naturally it goes there. Are you with me? In God's original intention, you are not meant to pray for anything. You are not meant to ask for anything. You are just meant to seek him. That's just by the way. So that's, um, are you, that's what you said here. When you stay with God's word, your true identity as a new creation, you're, you descend, you know. You descend. The one thing that I've realized uh, um, elders of our land can you please give us more peace okay we appreciate your hard work what you do amen praise the Lord but are, are we learning something is he helping us hallelujah hallelujah me when you are cheating me I know I think I've built capacity now to look at you cheating me and I'll be looking at you and behave like I don't know. But you can't stay with the word for too long and be daft. Don't you ever think in your life that anyone who is truly working with God in his word is daft. The father didn't talk, didn't, didn't see. It takes under maturity to see foolishness and be looking at it. And rather you look like a fool. It's a dimension. I hear me. It's what? A dimensional. Okay. Now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Ah. That the word allowed you to beat him and spit on him and he reacts. This guy's a fool. That devil was telling Jesus Christ, you're a big fool. 
us. Charge and do something. But I see what lies ahead. Charging will discharge everything. Let's be quiet. If Lady Catherine got me interested and you beat me and I'm all worked out, I'm a fool. I must make her enjoy the fact that she, she's saying she can beat me. She should feel it. Daddy, I'll beat you. Oh, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Please, I won't do it again. Don't beat me. And she feels fulfilled. <laughs> I told you one day in church, I was preaching like here, not somewhere else. There was somebody in our midst who had gone to fornicate. I was preaching here. I was looking at the person. The woman now bought Jermaine. If this house was preaching and I still went around the person, that's what God's going to do about your life. You understand me? God is good. It's a dimension to know that Judas is going to kill you and still give him bread. Charlie, let's eat together. It's a dimension. I've seen it more in my father. I saw that no. The elderly ones, when they are growing their faith, these are the, they become like children in the Lord. That's, that's the, actually the destination. Are you with me? Somebody came to do something in my house and the person gave me a charge. Then I smiled. It's okay. I said, Oh, yeah, sure. I said, the body. So my wife said, ah, okay, so I'm saying, let him have it. It's going to be where you It's going to be where you are. Ah, I'm going to be where I'm I said, no, that means you're going to die. What's up for you? I'm going to die. Let him have the money. What I'm trying to emphasize is that the word of God sharpens your discernment. You can tell what is not correct. You can tell. Why? Because it exposes the thoughts and the purposes of a man's heart. You can see it. You can see it. Let me give this to our sisters. Stay more in the word. You know who to marry, who not to marry. The jays are off now. So are you? There are some things we won't counsel you about if you are really a student of the word. So far, so far, don't you want to rest? Ah, any small thing now, I'm going on this guy. If you stay with the word, it says it's a discerner of the it will separate intent, it will separate it, it will go to the very place and divide the line. You can see this one, this one. You can tell the guy's looking at you, he looks all rosy, but on your rose, uh, tongues. You can tell. No matter how sharp your prophetic is. Ah, haven't prophets been 419 before? It says that it's sharper than any two-edged swords. It means there are other swords. But this word, it is sharper than them. A man who has quickened discernment by the word is prompt and sharper than the sharpest prophet you can find. 
Having seen prophets that shall come, correct word of knowledge, but they mind the witch. Because there's something called the sure word of prophecy. It's the word. It's called the sure word of prophecy. The word. Not some luminia. What do you say? The gang of Mandito. Or Shen Komna. Or man word of knowledge. Accurate. But what are you I know of people who have been in marriages right now. Ah, they married. I'm worried. I do one man. The guy started kicking her in the belly. But it was her general Vasia, a man of great, you know, great grace, great prophetic anointing that said, That is your husband. And for years, this woman does not know what is called love. Had to divorce. I believe this fact. That is why if you come to me and tell me you want to marry somebody, I'm actually, are you sure? I'll be praying. Say yes. Are you sure? God told you. Yeah. Oh, pastor, do you remember when we did that uh, three days edification? The first day, the prayers you put was the one that Pastor Stanley prepared. The second prayer was for me, sir. As soon as I prayed it, I knew because God told me, Who am I? To come and say that God didn't say, Daddy, Koso, Koswa, Nekoso, Ujidini. Hallelujah. Are you with me? It's called the sure word of prophecy. When the word is abiding your spirit, man, you are sharp to discern because it's sharper. And it was, so you can tell when somebody's giving a wrong prophecy, a fake one. Somebody's trying to get your money, you can tell. But here you are. There's no sharpness because the word of prophecy is not inside of you. It must be there. You need it. This is by the way. But honestly, the word of God is telling us today that God's word is alive. It's a living thing. The word is not, ah, the word is not black and white. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You see, this thing is not living. This, this thing, this white and uh, blue background is not living. What are living things? Give me cases of living things. We can come back to our biology. Yes, one. Eh? Growth, two. No, I want the cases of living things. That every living thing has. So, it's what? It grows. Uh-huh. They move. It dies. Living no. It dies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the end of uh, mortality. Okay. Uh-huh. They eat. Uh-huh. They what? Respire. They what? They procreate. Uh-huh. They respond to stimuli. They communicate. So whatever you can think about living things, the Bible says that the word of God is living. It's alive. It reproduces. It responds to stimuli. It means that if you don't stimulate it, it's not stimulate whatever. You have my point here? 
Do you get a point? Your stimuli simply means that if I pinch this man, he'll react. The word means communion because it responds to stimuli. It's not inanimate. It's animate. It's alive. That is why if you don't interact with the word, the word will not interact with you. It's a living thing. It's not dead. And you know the funny thing? The root word for alive there is where you get the word zoe. The root word is, in English, is Z-A-O. That's where you get, so Zawu, that's where you get Z-O-E, Zoe from. The same life, it means that, Guru Mikesha, it means that the life of God that brought all things to be, the word of God carries the same life. You understand? It carries the same life. It's a life. The word is a life. That's why Apostle John was so correct when he said that in him was life and the life was the light of men. He was so correct by saying that. The word is a life. Why am I saying all this? I'm coming somewhere. We'll now link up to Joshua 1. So we're giving motion to the word. We're giving what? Motion to the word. It doesn't mean that the word is motionless. It is motion. It's also in motion. But motion towards our direction. The word is alive. It must be alive towards my direction. So this month we're learning how to make the word effective in our personal lives. That's what we're looking at. I just want to, want to refresh your mind a bit. The word of God is a, come on, man. Gabby, stand. Gabby, sit. That's a living word. You understand? Gabby, smile. Now, you know something? If Gabby was walking through town and any person he does not know just stop and say, Gabby! The response would be of fear and carefulness. Who is that? Relationship made my words comely to him and made him respond to me as I desired. So how do you expect the word to be favorable to you when you are an enemy of it? No, when you are an enemy of him. You want the word to work by... Come on. And I don't fall. Now look at something. <laughs> and I believe you cannot instruct my wife. There are several reasons why he cannot. Number one, in the first place, not only my wife, the pastor, senior, can't instruct them. The worst part of it is that it's my wife. The other part again is that there are no age limits. He can't. 
during the season is drained. You wake up and say, well, I don't have a problem. I saw you as young as Rita. An error. By this strength, if he instructs his wife, and he's the head of her life, her priest, he has an obligation from God to show instructions at points in time when it's necessary. There are some of us that try to deal with people beyond how we know them. You have issues. I with you. There are some people in this church I can scream on in public. I know that they won't run away and be angry with me. And the others too, I dare not. But as soon as I'm finished, I'll have a presentation. You get me? Relationship. My wife. Her best friend is my younger sister. I got to know her through my sister. I'm giving you an example. Just listen to this carefully. She's older than my wife. But the day she got to know that I'm going out with her friend and she became my wife, she doesn't relate to her again as her friend. She even calls her mommy. And wow, nam understand? It's a dimension of understanding. So to her, yes, that was my, I got to know her through. I didn't know anybody. It was my sister. That's her best friend. You know the funny thing? My wife respects her so much, you have no idea. So much respect. If I tell the gap in age gap between me and my sister, you'll be shocked. You understand? But even at her level, my sister, it's my only sister. There are things I can't do to her. So, respect I have. One day she was working. My wife said, go and rest, please. I said, eh, go and sleep. I talk to you now as your pastor. Go and sleep. And she left her. Went to sleep. I had to use that one. I can't lose you now. We get a hope from it. The word of God responds to us based on relationship. <laughs> you know the word and the word too knows you. There are some of us that know the word, but the word does not know us. The word on healing does not know you, but you know it in your head. The word is alive. The word is living. Come on, people of God. Check the Gospels and come on, see the word. <laughs> the blind man comes to Jesus. Jesus is coming up Jericho. The man is by the wayside begging for arms. He's called blind Bartimaeus. The son of Timaeus. A real name. Bible says he heard 
that Jesus Christ was passing by. That Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. When he heard, the Bible says, and he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David. I think I shared it recently somewhere. That Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, but he called Jesus, thou son of David. <laughs> Please don't read the Bible and just think that everything there is by mistake. Every single thing the scriptures there is very intentional. It says Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. But Bartimaeus says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus, why did, he, why did you say that Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me? He said, Jesus, thou son of David. Now, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. In John chapter 1, the Bible says that, and when Nathaniel was called, he said, we have found a savior. He said, ah, can anything good come from Nazareth? And he said, the Nazareth was a place that good things. In fact, some say, some theologians say that Nazareth was like a dumping area. Nothing good comes from there. But the Messiah came from there. And that day, blind Bartimaeus is by the roadside. And Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. It means that the possibility that makes things out of nowhere is passing by. The grace. The entity of divinity with great glory came out or is identified with a place called non-entity. It's passing by. The possibility of a making is passing by. And Bartimaeus has a deeper revelation. Jesus, thou son of David. Why son of David? It's so beautiful. Genesis 49. He said, and the scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. He's referred to as Shiloh. Read it carefully. It's capital H, S. Until. It means that the kingship will not depart from lineage here. Until he, the real king, comes. Then Isaiah 11, verse number 1, talks about a rod from the stem of Jesse. A rod from the stem of Jesse. A rod Signifying Jesus, stem, David. And then Matthew chapter 1, where you don't like to read. Go there. Let me show you something there. We're coming somewhere with this. Can we go there? Give us a new King James. I don't think I'll go back to my tablet. There's no notes here. It's just formality. That you think I don't write notes. Amen. I'm trusting God that, oh, the Lord will give us grace to preach and teach well. Don't like the prayer. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. <laughs> Romans chapter 1. Give me Romans chapter 1. Verse number 1 and 2. I will end somewhere now. Right now. Don't worry. Paul, a born servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. I've separated to God that one from you. On you, sir. Which he promised before through his prophets and his holy scriptures. Continue, sir. Verse 3. Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh. So he is connected to David when it comes to his kingship. Connected to Abraham when it comes to the blessing to the world. So Galatians says, 
And to Abraham says the seed, not the seeds, meaning Christ the seed. What that was that telling us? God picks Abraham and starts a whole new nation with. And God is saying that by the seed through Abraham, another new nation is going to be born, which is Christ. But when it comes to his kingship, it's of the order of David. But the mayor says, Jesus, thou son of David. Stanley, you remember that message at NJ Girl? Where the word of a king is, there is power. <laughs> if the king can get my call and give me audience, he's the only one. Though I'm not qualified for this bread, he's the only one out of his kingship can give me access to an inheritance I'm not qualified for. Jesus, thou son of David, then he stood still. Let him come. Sometimes I dare want to say that sometimes there's a way God wants you to call him. But these things are not known until by intimacy. Don't you realize that? I'm a husband, a brother a father, a pastor. Alright? I always say this about my wife. I don't know how many women can do this, but I don't, I don't know if I understand this one. There are very few women, few pastors' wife that can have been successful in living with their husband as a pastor and know when their, their husband is a pastor. When he's a prophet, when he's a husband, when he's a friend. As I'm preaching, she's writing notes. She's writing notes and saying amen. It means the man holding mic is not the husband, it's the pastor. You understand? Don't mix it up. You know my father, you know how he calls me. You know how he calls me. You've heard him call me. He doesn't call me Isaiah. He doesn't call me pastor. He calls me Osofo. He doesn't even say son. Please, let's learn on. Let's learn. Oh, I know him where we are best of friends. We used to bath together. Now he's a bishop. He can't be your friend and bath together. Stop that nonsense. And I like, so he's anointed and bless you. Familiarity. Ah, who is Isaiah? Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah. We know Isaiah from a long time before. You are making a foolish mistake. The Isaiah you knew, not the Isaiah you are seeing now. Who will line up and take grace, and you will line up and take this grace. One of my very dear ones was ordained a reverend minister just on Saturday. Before he was ordained, he called me to pray for him before he's ordained. 
So when he called me, I said, Abi, how are you? I prayed with him. When he was ordained, I got the message. The next day, he sent me, said, thank you, pastor. I said, God bless you, reverend. Immediately. His number on my phone has changed. To reverend. That's it. That's my boy. That's my boy. Not my boy or anything. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. But look at something. The living word was passing. The possibility of a change was passing. But how did he direct the word towards his direction? His mouth. Go back to Joshua now. Joshua 1 verse 8. So how do I give motion to the word in my direction? By my word. By what I say. That's all I'm trying to say since I started. This book of the law shall not depart from where? Not your eyes, your mouth. But why will he now go and say meditate? Because... The word can only be on your mouth when it has overflowed in your heart, which is only possible by meditation. I was reading a book by Prophet Chimenez before I came in. He wrote a book recently on the word of God. I was reading a portion of the book. And he was saying that why are some prayers not answers? answered? Because of what we say. Why is it so? Let me show you something. So, um, brother Gabby, how's work? Ah, sir, it's not easy, oh. It's not easy. But at 3 a.m., hmm, he was praying. For thou will cause me to walk <laughs> in paths of favor. My life is easy. Lord, you are making a way for me. I can sense it. Glory! Glory! Then by daytime, instead of continuing what you said at night, you say you want to be sincere. Let's be realistic. Then why waste your time at night? So why? Oh, brother Gabi. Oh, sir. I mean, this Ghana is who you know. It's who you know. If you don't know anybody, that's how you be nobody. But have you been praying? Sir, we are praying. <laughs> you know, you can't just pray. You can't just pray. You have to do something to but Nothing to do. You understand? You say one thing at night, in daytime, say something else. It's a conflict in your confession. And wherever there's a conflict in confession, confusion is normal. Don't just say, make sure what you are saying is from the abundance of your spirits. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And I've met very wonderful brothers in the Lord, sisters in the Lord, who are very spiritual, in quote. I mean, they are spiritual. I'm saying quote because sometimes what we, what we mention about being spiritual is really not what we are talking about. Yeah, because to you, 
If you say somebody is spiritual in this church, the person prays a lot and you can hear him pray. How the person's voice is in prayer. You understand? No, but no, frankly, in this church, people that pray, that brother, no, anytime, anytime I see him pray, I feel like I'm not praying. The way the way the, way the brother will respond when the word hits him. Preacher says, say, mm. Kapale! Hey! Yeah, it's spiritual, man. I've heard, I've seen wonderful brethren. And there's this word they can't stop saying. This fucking guy. You say, hey. Oh, like, recently I heard from one brother. He, I'm like, you should see me. Because ah. I relate the word that came from his mouth and the one I know. And I see that out of the abundance of the heart. The only way to heal your mouth is heal your heart. You can never heal your mouth by healing your heart. Any word that comes from your mouth so easily, don't curse your mouth, your heart. Bible says, for a good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, the mouth will speak. So it's the treasures of the heart that the mouth speaks. So if there are trash in your heart, your mouth will speak trash. If your heart is filled with treasures, your mouth will speak treasures. So, in giving motion to the word, it must be by the mouth. But before we talk about the mouth, we have to look at where the mouth takes information from. It's the heart, not the head. The heart. And most times, the Bible talks about the heart, most times. It's talking about the spirit man, the inward man. But you know the funny thing too? The inward man can only be saturated by the events of the mind. So, the mind needs meditation. Daily. Then it drops to the spirit. When it drops to the spirit, uh, ah, this thing they call, is it distillation? In, uh, is, it, is it in physics? Physics, right? Or chem- chemistry, rather. Chemistry. Okay. Oh, there's something I want to, I'm looking for there. Or is it osmosis? I need to read on. Either osmosis or diffusion. Might be diffusion, one of them. But it's in, you find it in distillation. I'm trying to remember my diagrams. It's, it's a long time. That is an evaporation and then it passes through the tube and then it leaks. Condensation. My goodness. Yeah. Solid to gas. It now begins to drip. Wow. Tormentation. That's Jesus. Acho. So, the word is in your head. You're meditating in prayer. 
Five heats. Huh? The word comes under intense heat. Intense heat. Intense heat. It moves from being letters. It becomes a spirit. It finds its way into your spirit man. Then by the abundance of it, over time of declaration, the same thing that was lost here now becomes physical on the other side. I think I didn't make any sense. So. You didn't get me. I feel did that make any sense. It made some sense. Mm. Mm. That's osmosis. Hallelujah. Man of God. It's just matter. So I've heard several men of God or Christians who learned to give motion to the word. Something I find common in all of them. They'll go like, I need a healing. So I went for all the scriptures in the Bible on healing. I began to read and meditate. And I did that for one, one year. Some will say six months. Some will say three weeks. And then I discovered. And when you hear my say, I discovered. It means that it moved from the head to the spirit. When it gets there, it's like a light bulb. Poof. They go like, I cannot be sick. You get a point? You get it? So it's like, I heard a man of God talk about the fact that I want to understand prosperity, divine prosperity. So what did he do? He went through the entire Bible, did a systematic theology. What does that mean? He went through the entire Bible, picked up scriptures that had to do with prosperity. Understand it? Took all the verses, all the verses, wrote them down on paper, on cards. All right? And every day, you pick one scripture, memorize it, memorize it, be thinking, memorizing, be thinking. And Prophet Chumas made a statement when I read the book. He said something that the the ground for the seed of the word is not the mind, but the heart. That's the inward man. So I was saying earlier on. So the seed must find its way into the heart, not the mind. So the mind is the passage to the heart. Are you with me? Do you understand? So in any area of your life that the glory of God is not seen, what do you do? You go to the word. Pick everything God has said about that particular thing. Saturate your mind with it. By meditation. Keep meditating. Day and night. As you are doing. As you are doing. Your mind is saturated. It will drip into your spirit man. When he enters your spirit man. People of God. He said if you. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth. If you continue, not once in a while. There are times I'll pick one scripture. I'll go to the Amplified. Go to the NIV. Go to the Passions, my latest Passion. Go to ISV, the BBE. Then you go through them. The more you are going, you are thinking. Your mind is saturated. You are thinking. You are thinking. 
you are thinking, you are thinking, meditating. Shall not be out of your mouth. Sometimes meditations do it, it saying your mouth. So you are walking about as if you are mad. He himself took away my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Ah, what is infirmities? Frankly, everybody sitting here today, everybody sitting here today, and this one, I am confident. <laughs> if I were to ask now who is Jesus, you can't respond immediately. Because actually, ask yourself carefully, you have a shallow knowledge of Jesus. You only have feelings. Most of us. So in our generation, we play good instruments. Most times, our tears are actually the sweetness of creativity. And not the tangibility of a revelation. How much in the Look at the songs that we deal Look at from two, no, 1999 down, 2003 downwards. All of the songs have plenty of verses. Check it. They have verses. You see verses. I use Cindy Thompson's song as an example. I wish I could sing the tree very well. Sometimes I'm deficient in it when it comes to singing it. And it says, Send your son, yes, in ten warren, no, sana, where ye may form swan in a referee. Oh, what's the next part? A finicky cabian, home, and no, na, wama medip, where Jan and Listen to how she says, obeying at the. Did she say she got a car? The song this man wrote is right from Isaiah through to the pistols. And yet, at that time, no one could school that. 
What the aircraft first degree to become Bible way? Shall now hear off. No, hear the song the woman sang. Have you heard the song? A whole gospel. What is our song now? Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey. Then we are in the spirit. Nonsense. that song, go and find out where he got to before he did that. You realize the man was in a long time of relationship and prayer and the groanings of his spirit came to that song. Don't sing a song because you learnt it. Know him. Are you with me? Our songs are so theologically That's how in our generation, you are so gifted. People are dying at young ages. Why? There's too much shallowness. We think when you speak in tongues and the tongues are heavy, you are deep. Ah, set time or so. Let's close. Ah, you get up. Yeah, let's go. Pastor Stanley, Pastor Stanley, oh boy, oh boy, you come to church, we tell you, God's word is true, God's word is true, you don't believe it, why? Because after this service, you go back to your house, you will not pick the Bible and saturate your mind with it, you are a Christian with a Christian name, all kinds of tongues on your mouth, but your head is full of the world. And you want the word to work? You don't give motion to the word like that. My heart is beating. Do you know why? Most of us in this generation, we are so unfair to God. We are so unfair to God. A generation that asks too much from God, yet the little God asks us to do, we will never do it. What a generation we are. Full of activity, but no relationship. The word is living. It must know you. And it is the be joke. Are you getting me? In your joke, it's not a shower hole. When you say, Tell me, catch me. Mom, Rani and Trosso. You're real. It's not. It's a name. You're down so that I can't know me. It's so unfair to God. In Janania, Cassie, you may say, There are the Asia. You don't see any reason to thank God. Why? But your mind is too full of the world. What you want, what you desire. Let me tell you something. No matter how preachers will preach and shout, the Bible says, deep call it to deep. Deep call it to deep. Deep call it to deep. So if deep is calling and there's shallow, shallow can respond to deep. Did you hear that? Deep call it to deep. When you are deep and the preacher is deep, deep will call to deep. What will happen? Deeper, deeper. 
that when there's deeper, deeper depths, what's going to happen? There is solid, established Christianity with great conviction, not shallowness. What excites a lot of us? Not you, perhaps. If I came here right now and I started preaching, before I came here today, the Lord told me to tell 10 of you here, a door is opening for you by tomorrow. The God of open door, you see, yeah, yeah, now drop his seat. You need to be dropping the seat. But anytime a word is coming that wants to make us the prophets of our lives, the seed doesn't come. About 735. Amen.